check. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of RX Radio. I am your host, Dr. Richard Waith, and we have a super fun episode, super serious episode, but hopefully it'll turn to some great conversation. Um, I have on with me today, Dr. Mike Corvino from Core Consult. Mike, what's up, man? What's going on, buddy? How's it going? I'm doing well, man. For, let me let me first start off by saying thank you for having you and Cole Swanson for Swanson Swanson right this is his last yeah, name yeah Swanson yeah yep. th- thank you guys you and Cole for the podcast that you guys do man because like it's called Core Consult RX um, for me for someone that and and I'm out of community pharmacy at the moment but this was even helpful for when I was still in community but like being that I'm not really getting crazy amounts of clinical exposure like your podcast has been like such a crazy help for like keeping like my clinical sword sharp and I really do have to appreciate anyone that's listening right now like whether you're wherever you're at in your in your career whether you're just starting out whether you're out into the field and practicing like let me tell you the clinical relevance and like just staying sharp like with with your knowledge is going to be really easy to do if you guys just listen to this podcast like let me tell you it's crazy so thank you first of all for doing that Thanks, man. It means a lot. I appreciate you listening to it and supporting it for sure. Yeah, man. Um, and you guys are hilarious, which is like obviously awesome. So it definitely makes for like a fun <laughs> car ride. Like, like, I'm, like I crack up way more at Cole because he like the experiences. It sounds like he goes through at the pharmacy is hilarious. But uh, but um, but yeah. Um, anyway, so for like the five to seven people that don't know who you are, uh, tell the listeners just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, my name is Mike Corvino. Um, I'm a pharmacist based out of Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, I am a community pharmacist primarily, but um, uh, so you know I manage a pharmacy, things like that. But um, I also do diabetes education for a program that's based in Charleston, uh, where employees of the city uh, who have diabetes can um, get enrolled in this program, and they have to meet with a physician and a pharmacist um, once every month to every three months, depending on how well controlled they are. And uh, then I collaborate with the physician to make sure that their A1Cs are at goal and uh, sometimes change meds or you know whatever the case may be. Um, so it's, you know, a full diabetes education program. Um, so I, I am a CDE, uh, so I do that part-time. Um, and then I also teach uh, pharmacotherapy, pharmacology for PA school. Um, so I'm the uh, adjunct um, professor at uh, Charleston Southern University, which is a, a small uh, private school. Um, they just started a uh, physician assistant program uh, this past year, and it uh, it was an opportunity that kind of um, I never had on my radar, but showed up, and uh, it's been probably one of my my favorite things that I've done in my professional career so far. And then uh, yeah, besides that, I run Core Consult RX. Uh, we have a podcast, do a lot of social media work with education, um, just trying to trying to make evidence based medicine cool again. <laughs> nice, <a> solid tagline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So, I mean, as anyone can listen, like 
just to like his description of what he's up to. I mean, it's one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on this episode, especially in particular, because like you're out here killing it in pharmacy. And I think you're you're the like stand. I don't want to say standard, but like you're, you're pretty much setting a standard right now for like someone that's just like fully all in bought into like pharmacy right now. And like it, and it's it's really something to look up to. And um, which is why I wanted to have you on this particular episode, because today I want to talk about the pharmacy, like the landscape of pharmacy and whether, you know, people should one, I want to go through all of it. I want to go through if someone that's not in pharmacy right now, but they're thinking about going to pharmacy school, should they do it? I also want to talk about, you know, pharmacists that maybe have just graduated um, or even like they're, you know, they're going into their, they're starting their P3 year. Um, And then I also want to talk to pharmacists that have, that are just graduated or even well off into their career and whether or not pharmacy is still something that they want to do because, we had a recent episode, um, not too, uh, you know, maybe a couple months back and, uh, another pharmacist, um, Tony, uh, you know, he also runs a podcast and someone had reached out to him saying that they had just listened to one of our episodes and was wondering if dropping out of school was a, uh, was a good idea, which, you know, he kind of, he kind of had a whole podcast with a bunch of numbers. I would really implore everyone to go, um, check out his podcast, um, uh, Tony Garrow's podcast on the, uh, pharmacy podcast network. Um, he went through a lot of the different numbers and values to show like, you know, what are, what are the numbers really saying about jobs and pharmacy? But then I recently, you know, within the last couple of weeks, multiple people have kind of asked me whether they should, you know, drop out of pharmacy school or whether they should continue to go because they just got accepted. Um, there's a couple of people that are in school now that have reached out to say, Hey, like this is not kind of what I've wanted to go down. Like this path isn't really kind of the way I saw it, but I'm already in school. So I really wanted to talk through a lot of these things today, so I hope everyone's ready. I hope everyone's buckled in and um, and ready to go. So, let's start by saying first of all, like I guess the question I'll pose to you, Mike, is for someone that's thinking about doing pharmacy, they haven't, they're not in school yet. I mean, sorry, like they're they're in undergrad. Um, they may have applied or not. You know, they may have already taken their PCAT. I, I think at this point, they're so early on. There's still so much time for them to really make a decision as to whether to continue or not. But what would be your advice? to someone that is thinking about applying to pharmacy school right now? So I guess my first bit of advice, and it depends on how far along they are in the process. I mean, if they've already done PCAT, if they've already kind of done a lot of the initial steps working on prereqs, then they're probably um, a little bit further along in the process and hopefully they've done some research. But my kind of big, uh, I guess, advice to, to students who are thinking about pharmacy school and maybe haven't, um, you know, done a whole lot of shadowing or things like that, uh, I would I would really suggest that you go and get as much experience as possible and see what all is out there and see if it's something that you can see yourself doing. Uh, because a lot of people, you know, they either have no experience um, or, and, and this is just based on my personal um you know, I guess, uh, personal experience, not as, this is not like data or anything, but from what I've seen, a lot of the students either have no experience to where they just think that'd be a oh, pharmacy. That's, that's a rad job. I guess I'll give that a shot. And they start going to pharmacy school cause they're smart and they can get through the program and, you know, become a pharmacist, make good money. Or they have worked at, you know, a retail pharmacy or community pharmacy. That's all they've ever seen is, you know, the dispensing process of, of pharmacy. And that's kind of what they see. And they're, you know, they have this mindset of like, you know, they like people. They like the hustle and bustle of community pharmacy. So it's a great way to make a six-figure salary. Um, you know, I'm going for it. But 
my problem with that is I think retail pharmacy, I think community pharmacy is going to be changing uh, very, very soon. Um, and I don't think in 10 years it'll look anything like what we have now. And so I would really just kind of uh, encourage, I mean, really implore students to go and see what else is out there because you have to see whether or not um, some of the clinical type jobs are really what you like because um, the retail setting is not probably not going to be in the picture much too much longer. Yeah. And I think what's, you know, one interesting thing that I think is important to talk about is I think a lot of people like when I hear when I first hear people like talk about why they went into pharmacy, it's like they said that they wanted to help people and they want to be in healthcare, but they don't like blood and they want to have a high paying, stable career. And what I think is interesting about that is one, pharmacists have have ventured out into so many different activities and clinical roles that involve blood, you know, basically as, as much exposure as um, some of some of the other, you know, um, healthcare fields that have been um, even in the community setting. I mean, just with the fact of like giving vaccines, I mean, you're like, blood, I mean, it's not, you know, you're not performing surgery, but like blood is involved. It's basically surgery. Yeah. Though, so it's fine. <laughs> um, you know, what, one thing you'll never hear about is, I mean, this is literally a personal experience that's happened to me where Patients have, you know, especially like some that are underserved, like they come straight to you because you're the easiest, easily, most easily accessible um, healthcare professional. They'll come to you with a, a, a sliced arm that you can see muscle and bone in. Like that's happened to me. So it's like those kinds of things are going to happen. And like it's not something that you can avoid in this role. But but I think the other important thing is, you know, the whole high paying, stable stable job i mean like if someone just is looking for that like what would you tell them um about this field so uh, i think it depends on what area of pharmacy you want to go into um you know it's definitely a good paying job i mean you can very easily make a six-figure salary with the way things are now for sure um i mean you can go work at any retail pharmacy and make one hundred twenty-five thousand a year you know starting out um, now some of the more clinical roles, um, because, you know, in a retail setting or a community setting, the pharmacist is a necessity, you know, no one can go in that pharmacy legally without the pharmacist being present. And so they, they can pay them more, but in a, you know, ambulatory care setting, like a Coumadin clinic, let's say, you know, the, the pharmacist is not a true necessity. They are a something that it's a luxury to have. And so the hospital or clinic, you know, clinic franchise, whatever it is, you know, they can't necessarily pay what a community retail pharmacy would pay. And so you have to know one, what, where your interests lie. And then two, um, the particular field you want to go into, is it really what, what you're expecting? Because not all fields are created equal as far as salary goes. Um, and then two, are you willing to move to make more money? Because if like where I'm from, you know, Charleston, uh, South Carolina is very saturated, but I could go up three hours north to like Greenville area, Anderson, some of these small towns up in the upstate South Carolina and probably make more money with a much lower cost of living uh, because no one really wants to. I mean, I shouldn't say nobody wants to go up there, but it's, it's, <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of people that do. But there's less people that want to go there versus living downtown Charleston, like in the historic part of South Carolina. You know, they, those places, they're not encouraged to pay people more because they can find another pharmacy or a pharmacist in, in two seconds. Um, so I think that all those factors have to kind of be weighed into how much you're willing to make um, because the lifestyle is not as easy 
as some people think. If you're going to get paid more like the retail salary, um, I mean, you've got to expect to have a lot more headaches. Um, retail pharmacy is, will can burn a lot of people out very quickly. So um, it's it's not all just living the high life, making a nice six-figure salary and chilling at home after work. So Yeah. And that's, that's my thing with, with, you know, especially in community pharmacy. I mean, like, I feel like if you're going to go, you know, into this, into this profession for the money and, and it, and that being the money being at, you know, in communities, in the community setting, like it is very difficult to be a community pharmacist. Like it is not easy. Um, you're on a retail schedule. Um, so a lot of times, you know, if you're trying to have a family, like it is a very difficult schedule to have. Um, but yes, it is, it is very well paying and, you know, there's also ways to make between 140, 160, you know, thousand dollars as a pharmacist, but, um, you're going to have to do a PGY one, a PGY two and, and, you know, and nail a really good job at a really, you know, really, really good hospital. Um, that's, that's there, but it's just, you'd have to work so hard to get there. And I just want people to be able to understand that to work hard to get to that type of position, like you just have to have that mentality. But then two, you could not work hard. You could do the bare minimum and get to being a community pharmacist, let's say, because you didn't have to do a residency or whatever and make a decent salary. But man, that quality of life, like you you really have to be a type of person to handle that, especially with the way things are going now. Every single, and this is not pointing direction at any one particular pharmacy, every single community pharmacy out there is cutting down on, on labor and it's cutting down and, and they're trying to make they're trying to make like create more efficiencies in the pharmacy, which end up making you do a lot more different tasks. And especially thinking about the manager of a community pharmacy, like you're an accountant, you are head of HR, you are like head of compliance, you are, um, and then you're also a pharmacist. Like you have so many different roles, especially being in that, you know, under that one umbrella of a salary. So I just, I really just wanted people, want people to understand what that is going to look like you know, if they do decide to go that route, that it's, it really isn't like you said, like, it's not just, you know, going to work and kind of going home and like, it, it's very, very, very difficult. Um, yeah. And, and even in a community setting, I mean, you have to consider the fact that it's brutal just getting through school. You know, that's, that's the part that nobody ever really talks about either is you know, anything that's, that's going to pay you a six figure salary isn't going to be an easy process to get to in the first place. And I think people have this mindset of like, well, I'll go to pharmacy school because it's the easier of med school or you know, whatever. Um, that's, I mean, depending on who you ask, that's not necessarily the case. And it's something that it's, you're going to give up most of your twenties if you go to get your bachelor's degree and then your farm D, um, in order to make that salary. So you got to be willing to to give up all that and, and give up what, you know, most young 20 year olds think is like their golden years, even though they don't realize they're going to think exactly the same way when they're 30. But, uh, you, you know, they, they, they want to give up or they don't, a lot of people get to this point. They don't, they realize they don't want to give up, um, you know, friends and relationships and all these things like that to, to live in a library for the next four years. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about the, uh, let's talk about the individuals that like either are in pharmacy school or, I mean, I mean, I feel like these people could even be grouped together. Like the people that are like, they're already in debt or they're, you know, they're in their P3 or they're also, uh, they just, they're a pharmacist. They've been a pharmacist for two years now, you know, maybe even 10 years now. And they just really realize that like, this just isn't, uh, this just isn't what they're extremely passionate about, that it's just a job that they have to go to. And, 
they do the bare minimum just to like basically not kill anyone and not get fired. Like what, what advice do you have for that person? Find out what you're passionate about. Like why, why anybody would stay in something that they hate is beyond me. I mean, life is way too short to be sitting there going, I, I hate this. I mean, you can make money nowadays. It's 2018. You can make money with, with the help of the internet and everything else we have. You can make money doing anything. And, I mean, the fact that someone would stay in a career that they despise, I, I just don't get that. To me, that's that's ludicrous. So what, like, what would they do, though? Like, I, w- I want to see, like, how can we help people that are, they they know that they don't like it. They know that this isn't what they wanted. You know, it, it just, they're they're kind of like a zombie almost at work. They're zoned out. They're not They're A lot of times this even starts affecting the way that they treat people because like, you know, they're just so fed up at work. Like maybe they're, you know, maybe they're not caring as much to go the extra step to call the doctor for something or, you know, like what, what should those people, what do those people do? So I, I think every situation is different. You know, you know, somebody has a family that they have to support, um, you know, kids, they have debt, you know, whatever it may be, you, you have to figure out your particular situation. Um, I do think that a lot of people say that they, they're stuck or they can't, you know, I'm, I'm stuck here, there's no way I can do anything else. If they were willing to kind of go backwards a little bit, downsize the house, move back into an apartment, you know, whatever the case may be, they could definitely find a way to take a job that they brings them a lot more happiness for a lot less money, maybe, uh, that eventually they could work their way up or evolve that job into making more money um, and supplementing their income. But there's there's lifestyle management choices that you have to make. Now, I think if somebody's in a position where you have tons of debt from pharmacy school and you have, let's say you bought a mortgage, you, you bought a boat and a BMW kids. and all this crazy stuff because, you know, you wanted to party like a rock star. Um, and then you grew up, but then you had kids, but you still had all this debt. And then now you're stuck with it and you have to have that six-figure salary. Um, then I would, you know, you either have to find something in the current role that, that – sort of, I guess, set you back on fire again, find something to motivate you, find something to give you purpose in that job, or find another pharmacist job that will do that for you. There's so many different roles and so many different career options as a pharmacist. I mean, it's it's endless. I just did a talk not too long ago at MUSC about this. I'm like, you can do, there's like an endless, literally an endless um, number of jobs that you could do as a pharmacist. And you know, you have to just kind of see people when they lose that purpose, like, and, and someone doesn't see that, that, that purpose in their own job anymore to where they just have no motivation. You know, you have to find something that gives you that purpose. Um, because without it, I just feel like it's a lost cause. Um, so you have to find something in that particular job or find a job that's a similar, you know, pay scale that is, you're also qualified to do and, and, and go do that. It may take moving. It may take some time, um, but actively looking, actively networking, and and make moves to f- to fix that situation so that you're not stuck. Like no, you're never stuck. Like tr- yeah. I, I shouldn't say I shouldn't say never, but I don't. Most ninety nine percent of the time, you're not truly stuck. You just have to find your way out of that situation. Yeah, and I think finding like the point you made about finding your purpose. Like I think everyone needs to do that because you know everyone has everyone. I think has a purpose one way or another. And a lot of times it, sometimes it is pharmacy. Like I think honestly for someone like you and I, I think like our real true purpose, like right now and what we're working towards, like all we do is pharmacy. Right. 
But, you know, I like to ask this question to a lot of people that, you know, ask me for, you know, advice on like, you know, building their brand and finding their purpose and what they're passionate about. I say, and I ask them like, if I gave you $10 million tomorrow, what are you doing with your spare time? Right. And a lot of times, whatever is the first thing to come to mind, a lot of times your purpose is around that, you know, and if that if you find that your purpose has nothing to do with healthcare or pharmacy, like maybe you should really think about that. Like maybe you should really think about, you know, becoming a botanist because you love flowers like or like starting a brand or some sort of blog because that's what you love to do. And like that was that you would travel just so you can see all the different types of like botanical gardens all over the world. Like if that's like if that's what you would do with that with ten million dollars, someone gave it to you. Maybe that's like a purpose that you should really consider following, whether or not you feel stuck or not in your current role, or, or find some sort of a research program that you can become involved in that's looking at um, botanical compounds that are used in medicine and become involved with that and become in, and involved with yeah with natural uh, herbal supplements and actually making them you know, more efficacious, more, uh, research behind those. Uh, if there's grants, there's uh, all kinds of different educational programs out there. You know, if you find out botany is your calling, then you have a PharmD in science. That's, that's an easy one. Then just go ahead and find something that you can incorporate that, you know, in, into pharmacy. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that it gets a little bit more challenging when let's say your passion is something completely unrelated. Let's say your passion is, uh, is, Disney marketing, Disney. <laughs> there you go. Okay, sure, Disney. Um, then you have to either figure out how you can incorporate, you know, Disney into your current role, or, or somehow to do a pharmacy, or you need to figure out how you can make a living doing something with Disney and go all in on that. Yeah, I mean, and, and there's so many different ways to go to go about it, and and that's that's what I think is the beauty now of like kind of like what you said, like we're in 2018, like the amount of resources that are available at our fingertips is just it's so much more than it was just 20 years ago if you look at it, and um and then even if you look at 20 years ago too, like of what the landscape of pharmacy was like, I mean this was a dream job for a lot of people, like you know you go to school for four years, you graduate, you have you know 10 people knocking on your door with a twenty thousand dollar check for a sign on bonus, you know like to start you know, your job the next day. And just things are just so different now. And I just, I really wanted to have this episode to kind of make that like a reality check. Like one, it's completely different now to what it was 20 years ago when the, when like there was a huge rush to get into pharmacy. And number two, there's also a huge difference in the way like society operates where you can really make you make a living doing anything that you're extremely passionate about, you know? So, um, really wanted to have this, have this chat about that. And, and uh and talk through that but um yeah i mean I, I do think it gets really hard if you do have responsibilities like you know before like in, to prepare kind of for this conversation i had called a uh, a friend of mine that um you know she's a community pharmacist and she has two kids she's a, she's a single mom and she you know i wanted to get her advice like i first i wanted to get her advice as to like you know what what would she advise other people um you know that are just starting pharmacy and like one of her things was like just saying hey like you have, you have to know that you're a hundred percent that pharmacy is what you really want to do because it's very difficult to do it now. Um, whether it be getting into a residency, uh, you know, getting a job after residency or whether it be going into community pharmacy, like she, she basically said like, you really, really, really have to be sure that this is really like all you want to do. Um, but if not, if you're in it, like, and you've got responsibilities and you already, you know, went through school and you have kids to deal with, like in her situation, she said that you need to figure out ways to like you, you kind of pretty much gave her advice, like figure out ways to downsize, 
figure out ways to um, maybe even go part time because a lot of different positions um, that are part time actually make a decent living, like a part time pharmacist, especially in a community setting. So like working part time, not not to just not be working the other part time, but finding another sort of um, either career or passion or something that you can continue to try to replace, you know, your income with. So um, but that that's a lot more, you know, a, a much more difficult situation. And so let's take it even further. So if you have, in that case, your friend, um, you know, single mother, so right off the bat, you you know she's a beast. I mean, anyone who's a single mother of two children and is still working as a pharmacist, I mean, she's obviously got ex- extreme work ethic because that's a very, I can barely take care of my dog. So I can't <laughs> imagine, you know, a single mother has has her cut out, has her work cut out for her. And on top of that, she's working in retail pharmacy or community pharmacy, um, which is a very high stress job. So kudos to her off the bat. Um, let's say she wanted to change her, you know, practice setting, but maybe doesn't have the didn't have the residency, or doesn't have the credentials to move into a clinical position. Um, maybe doesn't feel like she has the clinical knowledge anymore, depending on you know when she graduated and all that. Um, and then she probably doesn't have time, truly doesn't have time to go and network with people at the local medical university or or hospital or whatever it may be. Um, maybe she doesn't have like something like that around her. And so you know, is she stuck? Like, is she? there without any hope of ever like elevating her career and that's that's where I'm such a huge advocate of no absolutely not um, in 2018 it's so easy to, to network using online tools you know social media uh, different forums things like that to, to gain education I mean it's, it's so easy and if you think about how you and I, you know, first started talking and started working together and collaborating, it was on Instagram. Yeah. Like, you know, and to me, you know, like we would have never met had it not been for Instagram. Yeah. And so that's something that, you know, it came out so you could take a picture of your food and show everybody what you're eating. And, you know, people have turned it into a way to gain more knowledge. You know, I've talked to people and learned, um, you know, many clinical things through, through platforms like Instagram or Facebook Twitter, YouTube. I mean, there's things like Khan Academy on YouTube that has really great, you know, physiology reviews, um, great nursing school reviews. Uh, there's, I mean, there's just endless amounts of, I mean, high level clinicians that make YouTube videos. And, and, you know, we have this mindset of like, well, it's YouTube. It's not, you know, it's not really like a vetted and, and good, a good source of education, but why? Like who, who's to say that's not, I mean, you can vet the information yourself. If you hear something on YouTube and it's like, ah, oh, it's weird. I've never heard that before. You check it and you find out it's total nonsense. It's probably not a good video. Give it a thumbs down and move on. Yeah. But like there's <laughs> plenty the market, of, yeah. yeah, there's so many good quality videos, podcasts. I mean, like this is what we're doing now. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, good podcasts are out there that are from like major peer-reviewed journals that would have just endless amounts of information. You know, Reddit has an entire pharmacy forum that you can post, and people post all the time. I'll just throw, like, random questions on there just to see what people say, and, you know, I'll have, like, critical care pharmacists answering some question about, you know, uh, you know inpatient 
methadone dosing or something, something random of critical care pharmacists answering it. And then I'll learn something. And, you know, there's just so many ways to network now. You know, I've, I've, I've talked with uh, a critical care pharmacist in Kansas, um, Dr. Brian Gilbert. Um, He's a buddy of mine now that we talked over Instagram for the first time, but you know, he sent me things that he's working on that he's trying to get published and research he's working on. I've learned a lot from him. He's been on my podcast a couple of times. You know, I've just, there's so many opportunities to learn and network. You just have to take advantage of it and just try stuff that maybe is very foreign to you, like talking to people on Reddit um, and just go for it. Just, just see what happens. Yeah. And you'd be stunned at how much you could learn and then progress. Most of the things that I've done have not been from my formal education that I had when I was in pharmacy school. Most of the thing, opportunities that I've had have come after the fact because of different network opportunities that I've taken advantage of. Yeah. And like, you know, they're even having like virtual conferences and stuff like that. Like there's so many different ways that you can like connect with other people and, you know, network and things like that. And just, you know, even just DMing people on Twitter and LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many ways to get in contact with people. And, um, you know, I just think it's one of those things where it's like, first, you got to find out, like you said, like you realize that something is not going the way you wanted it to go. And you need to start doing some like really looking into what is what is going to be the new purpose? Like, what is it that you're passionate about and how are you going to start working towards that? How much time are you going to put? Where are you going to find the time to put into that? So I just think those are all things that people need to start thinking about now. And um, and, you know, I think this is a good segue into kind of talking about like, you know, you and I and and how I, I feel like if someone asked me the question, I wrote an article about this that, you know, I'll I actually put an article, uh, a link to the article in the show notes about this. But. I kind of thought about if I could go back and do it all over again, knowing what I know now, would I go back to pharmacy school? And my answer is definitely yes. And mm-hmm. I would have, I might, I might've gone, you know, through a different way in how I would have done things. Um, but there's so many different ways that I see pharmacists that are going to be practicing now that like, like there's, it's, it's an amazing time to, to start pharmacy, you know, like there's, whether it be machine learning and Alexa, like there's going to be so much craziness with blockchain coming out, like with just AI and virtual reality. Like those are just all like buzzwords that like it's, there's going to be an unlimited amount of ways that pharmacists can have an impact on. And that's beyond. And that's just not even thinking about like all the different like clinical roles that we're going to be able to play a role in, um, like on the clinical team, like in hospitals and in clinics and um, even at the community setting. Like it's just it's going to be so different. And it's such an exciting time, but you know, it's just one of those things that you just got to know that this is like what you, what the calling is going to be for you. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think I liked the, the way you put it, you know, if someone gave you $10 million, you know, you don't have to work anymore. Um, what, what are you going to do? I think that's a, it's a very good, it's like the old, uh, like guidance counselor from like fifth grade, you know, like tests or whatever they would give to see what you should do like throughout high school and all yeah. that. But you know, it's, it's true. Like it really is. It's a, it's a good way of kind of looking at it and assessing for yourself, like what you're passionate about. So what about you? If you had to do it all over again, would you go back to pharmacy school? Yeah, man, for sure. Like I, I'm super, super happy being a pharmacist. Um, I love, I, I also like innovation a lot. And so for me, pharmacy is just like, it's like the, you know, the wild west, like we're expanding, we're, you know, trying to find our place like in critical, uh, I'm sorry, not critical, but like clinical care. Um, you, you know, it's, it's, we've made huge leaps and bounds as far as where we were 
20, 30, 40 years ago, but there's still so many other things that are going to happen. And when you start throwing in all the technology and crazy stuff like that, I mean, there's just endless amounts of things we can be doing. Um, I think, you know, in complete hindsight, the only thing that I would do, and I, and I, I say this kind of cautiously because I really don't know if this would be a, my plan or not. The only thing that I may say I would do differently would be instead of going through undergrad the way I did um, and getting a bachelor's in biochemistry and all that before pharmacy school, I would do my prereqs, go to pharmacy school, get my PharmD, you know, at 23, 24, and then I would go to medical school and, you know, start residency at 27, 28. And uh, th- that way I could do a, do- a dual degree because that would open up just for me, the stuff that I'm, I am interested in, it opens up. Um, a lot more paths on top of just the farm day. Yeah. And so I'd be able to really innovate. That's but, like an ultimate clinical ninja right there. Yeah. It's a straight up ninja. <laughs> and I got a couple, a couple of friends of mine that, uh, that have done that. But you know, again, it's, it's hard for me to even say that cause I'm, I'm super happy with the way things are going. I have, it's hard for me to even say like, I wish I could have done that. Cause you know, I don't know. I've just been very, very blessed and I'm very happy with the way things have gone. And I'm, I love being a pharmacist. You know, if, if I had $10 million, I would just basically, my goal is basically to make enough money in life to where I can comfortably live and then jump on different research projects, different clinics, different things, different pharmacy schools and help out where I can without having to be confined to one job because I need the money. Yeah. If I, you know, so for me, $10 million, I'd be like, whew, awesome. I'm going to go, I'll be done at you know, the medical university if you need me. So, uh, <laughs> and, and I would be doing that because that's what I love. That's yeah. for me, that's fun. And so it, that's definitely not the way with everybody. Yeah. Um, I'm f- fortunate to work in an area that I love, but, uh, you know, that's, that's why I know I'm supposed to be doing this because that's what I truly love doing. Yeah. My answer would be like, you know, the whole $10 million thing would be, I, I would really try to open up like my own, like MTM practice. That's what I would really do is have an office where patients can come in and make appointments and literally just sit down and talk about their healthcare, like, and their medications and stuff like that. That's kind of what I would do. But thinking about, I guess, going, uh, like if I had to go back, I mean, one thing, like, I don't know if I would do this differently, but I think one of my, like, I was really bent on like, like when I was in school and I graduated in 2014, when I was in school, I was like, look, if you think that you want to do a community pharmacy, there's no point in doing a residency. That was my thought back then. And, and like, I, I almost did, like I almost applied and things like that, but um, I didn't even end up applying. And, and But today, in today's world, I would say even if you are com- passionate about community pharmacy, I would still probably say like you might want to do a residency because of uh, just where the, where like the industry is going and how the amount of people that are the minimum requirement to get a certain position is like being a PGY1 and, um, because if you don't, like if you don't do a residency, I guarantee you, you're going to end up working extremely hard to kind of, kind of do what we kind of spoke about earlier, where you're practicing in, in the community, let's say, or wherever, but you're probably going to be doing a lot of extra work on the side, kind of rediscovering like your purpose and your goal. If not, you know, you, you might not have like, you know, one of the more fruitful careers. Um, and, and one, and that's my opinion, you know, like that's uh, just a hundred percent agree yeah. with that because, you know, and I work a lot with, you know, I precept a lot of students, um, you know, my big you know piece of advice for them in their fourth year is you need to consider residency. Even if you want to go work in a retail pharmacy, I mean, consider doing a residency. It's one more year. You'll get, you'll learn a ton and you know, you can take the BCPS exam, have those credentials and, and be good to go for if something later in life, 
is appealing to you, you want to jump into a different role, but those, you know, four letters after your name keep you from doing it. Um, it's hard. And, and I think people who are dead set on not doing a residency, if you have ambitions of doing other things later on, you need to be very, very, very self-aware and know that you're capable of sticking with a game plan and doing like, you know, quote unquote, like a self-taught residency. Yeah. Um, cause that's the route I did. Like I didn't do, um, I didn't do a traditional PGY one residency or anything. Um, but I also knew that when I got out of school, like it was game time. Like I was going to do anything and everything I could to continue my education, to continue to grow as a pharmacist. I didn't take my first vacation from, I graduated in 2015. My first vacation well, that I took, me and my wife was with you guys, you and Lori, when we went snowboarding in California in 2018. I spent three years as a pharmacist and I didn't take a single vacation day to go do anything like traveling or anything. I spent all my vacation days volunteering at Stinking, uh, the medical university or some clinic to gain more, you know, knowledge and, and, and learn from these other clinicians. And I don't say that to be like braggadocious. I think that's definitely the harder way of doing it. Like go do a residency and have some vacation time. Yes. <laughs> like <laughs> I took vacations. <laughs> like, well, like in, in, you know, I think because I knew I wanted to have, like I'm taking BCPS next month. And so, you know, if I knew what I needed to get set up in order to have some of these opportunities, because I knew for me, retail wasn't the, um, you know, the end game. Um, but I also knew that I, you know, I residency wasn't really in the cards for me at the time and I just knew what I needed to do. So I think you need to have that discussion with yourself of, you know, if you want, if you have ambition to move on from community pharmacy, if that's what you're going to start in, you need to be very, very aware that it's going to be rough and you need to put in a lot of work outside of your actual job to prepare yourself for that. Otherwise it's just, you're going to be stuck. Yeah. So, and I, I don't want to say stuck because that was my whole thesis at the beginning of the talk that you're not, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're never stuck, but you're going to be, you're going to feel like you're stuck and you have a whole nother, you know, to start the process from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, man, I mean, I feel like I, I really do hope, you know, just around that topic, I, I hope people gained a little bit more insight as to, you know, what they should be doing, um, what they should be thinking about in terms of their career, their passion, how they envision their lives going, you know, if you really think about it, your job, whatever it is that you decide to make your job and your career, you're spending the majority of your life there. If you just look at your, you know, you, you look at your hour to hour breakdown of your life per week, like you're going to be spending most of your time at work. And you really just want to know that, like, is that going to be where you want to spend the majority of your life? So I do hope that people think about that. Now, uh, I do want, you just brought it up. I wasn't planning on talking about this, but I think it, it actually might be good for people that, you know, maybe pharmacists that are a couple years in and they're wanting to do more and they're thinking about BCPS. What, what's that process like? Like, how does that work for a, we know that if you do a residency, you can sit for it, but what about a community pharmacist? What do they do if they want to become uh, BCPS certified or for, or for a pharmacist that did not do a residency? So basically, you ha they have a whole list of you know credentials that you have to um, you know be doing on a daily basis. They they want fifty percent of your time um, being spent on you know X Y Z like whether it's drug drug interactions, patient counseling, uh, verification, um, all kinds of different things, pharmacotherapy management, uh, and so it's it's kind of hard because you have to be able to like truly justify that you've done all those things. Um, but the good thing is, is a lot of community pharmacists, the, the activities that you do on a daily basis, even though that doesn't feel like it's clinical, 
um, will fit in in some of those criteria to take up enough of the percentage of time uh, that you would be eligible to sit for the exam. Now, the other the, the problem is, you one, you have to be a PharmD for three years. Um, if you didn't do a residency, then, you know, starting in 2019, I think you have to have your supervisor sign off on everything, which if you're legitimately doing all those things, it's not a big deal. Yeah. But then you have to pass that exam. Um, and that exam yeah. is not, that exam is not easy. And if you don't know your stuff, like if you think that you checking some verification, uh, you know, products and you've, you've checked some drug, drug interactions. And so you've kind of fudged it a little bit as far as how much clinical time you spend. Um, and, and you know, you think you're going to sit down and just crush that exam. I, like, I hope you're a very good test taker because it's, it's not easy from what I've heard. I've never taken the real thing. Um, I'll let you know next month. And if I bomb it, then, you know, just maybe you won't sit, let me know. <laughs> sit, 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 and, sit in sorrow somewhere and not talk to anybody. But, yeah. um, you know, either way, like it'll be a good, good learning experience. But, um, you know, I think that it's, I'm not taking it lightly. And, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of my time outside of work and I actually had to write like a six page essay to the BCPS organization and let, and explain all the different things that I've done, um, outside of just my normal job, uh, because they basically said, well, why should we let you take this exam since you didn't do a residency? Explain. And I, really? had, wrote them, I had to write them this wrong, long essay. Um, and then about three or four days later, I got a little discouraged because I was like, they're not gonna let me take this exam. Yeah. You didn't and, just like, give them a podcast. Days, like here's my, Instagram yeah. handle here. Yeah. Here's my Instagram <laughs> handle. Enough said. Yeah. Tell me my date. Yeah. They, they, they would have loved that. They would have loved that. They just get a big rejection. Never, never sitting for the exam. Yeah. But, um, you know, like three or four days later after I submitted that essay, they gave me my approval and, and it happened right after I had just, I had, I got the approval like three days before I was taking the CDE exam. So, you know, I, I sat for that and passed that exam. So, uh, Stuff's falling into place. It's just yeah. been a long, long journey. Well, that, really, not that long. It's been three years, so it's not. It hasn't been that long, but it, <laughs> it's been a lot. Of, it's been a lot of work. Yeah, man. Well, I will say for the year that I've known you, man, uh, like you're killing it. I'm excited to see, you know, how you're going to continue to develop and give back to the to the profession, and um, and I think everyone, you know, should really kind of pay attention to the blueprint as to how he got to where he's at, because I think that you know. If you're in a situation where you, you know, didn't go down a certain path, but you're feeling like you want to do more, um, you're feeling like you've kind of refound your purpose in pharmacy or even in anything else, like I think the way he's kind of went about this is uh, is one to really pay attention to. So, how can it, man. how can uh, how can people find you? Let's uh, let's wrap this up. How can people find you? Uh, get in contact with you, all that good stuff. So uh, you can reach reach me on any of the social media platforms, um, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Medium, Snapchat, any anything like that. Uh, I'm at Core Consult RX, so Core C O R. It's like my last name, Corvino. Huh? Pretty catchy. And then uh, <laughs> Consult one word, one nailed it, crushed it. Um, <laughs> one one word, so Core Consult one word, um, RX and. Um, is the handle I use on all the different platforms. Um, you can also uh, email me if you want at mcorvino, C-O-R-V-I-N-O, at coreconsolerx.com. Um, you can check out my website, coreconsolerx.com. <laughs> and, uh, you know, any of those platforms and then, let, you know, get in touch with me. I'd be happy to uh, engage and you know, with you and talk and we can answer any questions. Um, also check, you know, the podcast and, uh, we are on iTunes, Google play, Spotify, our heart radio. Um, we have an Alexa flash briefing. 
So we got we're kind of a little bit of a little, little bit of everything. Every but, a little um, bit of everything, a lot of bit of everything. Okay, <laughs> man. But uh, yeah, be easy to easy to find me. Yeah, I, and I'm gonna obviously I'm gonna link everything into the show notes below. Um, you know, I, and I think it's important that you have all his contact information because hey, look, whether it's me or him, I I would encourage people. Look, if you feel like you're in a certain situation. And, you know, you felt like you've always gotten the same perspective on and you want to hear something different. Reach out to any one of us like, you know, we'll be more than happy to talk about it. I've literally like and the reason why this episode was prompted is because I've been on the phone with like, you know, multiple different people about where they're going in their career and whether or not like this is something that they want to continue to do or not or how can they start doing more. So please like reach out to us, whether it be through DM on Instagram, through Twitter um, through email, like I think one of our goals, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of speaking on behalf of Mike here, but I'm sure he'd agree. One of our goals really is to like help, you know, as many as we can, um, especially if it's going to be around, you know, your quality of life, uh, whether it be in pharmacy or outside of pharmacy. So Mike, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Really appreciate it. No, thank you for having me, man. And, you know, like just kind of in closing, um, from my point of view, like I said, every every single one of you like you need to find your passion find out what absolutely sets you on fire and go do that you know don't put down the excuses please 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 don't sit there and complain about how rough things are how how hard things are like find out what you need to do and and take action and go do it because there's you got a very short time to be on this earth and you got to take advantage of it and there's so much opportunity now with with the way the internet is and every everything is so much easier than it was 20 years ago like don't don't take that for granted um go after it and if you know i can do anything on my end to to help in that um especially for those those of you who feel like you're in the healthcare world and are kind of lost a little bit um maybe need some some advice um be more than happy to talk to you so please reach out to me thanks <laughs> a lot for having me man i really appreciate it always a pleasure man Um, all right. So I got, I got my audio going. So whenever you're ready, you can clap and then we'll start, we'll get into it. All right. I got those claps. Cool. All right. <clears throat> Hello Double everyone. Clap. You ready? Yep. <laughs> you sorry. Just, you, messed, you messed up my intro. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Mike, I just fucked up my intro. The jerk. All right. Ready? Yep. Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed what you just listened to. Make sure to follow us on your favorite social media platforms. And however you're listening, whether it be on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or something else we didn't just mention, we'd appreciate you to subscribe, leave us a rating, and even drop us a comment and let us know what you think. And until next time, see you over the counter. Pharmacy.